Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Evan. Happy birthday to you. Woo! Wow. Wow. Thank you. Thank you, Taylor. Happy birthday, Evan. <laughs> Thank you. It is my birthday. Uh, at the time of recording and will forever be my birthday as you're listening to this exactly <laughs> my that's 30th all, it's your 30th birthday i didn't oh, realize it sure that. is wow yeah. that's a big one how do you how are you feeling uh feeling um never better or never been younger <laughs> you've definitely been younger um <laughs> do you have any uh any birthday um announcements or pronouncements you'd like to make to the listeners today <laughs> uh that i'm gonna win the league again this year i don't <laughs> ah a birthday uh, prophecy yeah yeah um, everyone knows yeah, that on your birthday anything, you yeah. have you have special prophetic powers it is true um yeah it is true and the sun has told me i looked into the sun and stared into it for 30 minutes one minute for each year that i've been around it and then it told me that I was going to win the league. Again. So that's the prophecy I received this year. If you didn't wow. know about that trick, that is something that humans get. So I don't know if y'all know about that, but yeah, definitely do that on your birthday. Oh yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's, just, that long. Yeah. it's an added, it's an added bonus that not a lot of people know about. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 You could even call it like a life hack. In a way. You can call it a life hack. <laughs> yeah. Did, uh, yeah. did the sun tell you anything about any particular players you should be targeting? Uh, no, unfortunately not. Um, so that I am going to need your help from, I think. Okay. And I may, uh, I may, I may get into that in a look toward at some point, depending on how long we're going. I may, I may field you for some advice, but, um, we'll see. Okay. I mean, you're currently ahead of me in the league table, so I don't know about <laughs> advice, but, um, anyway, we'll get, we'll get to that later. Um, welcome, listeners, to another episode of the Corporate Global Fantasy Premier League podcast. Uh, we're very excited to be back with you. Uh, and we just finished up game week eight, I believe. Is that right, Evan? Yes. Yeah. And we're going yeah because game, game week yeah. seven, nothing happened. Right. I don't know yeah. why they did it that way, but they did it that way. So. Yeah, that's true. And then we're going into game week nine, which won't be this weekend. It'll be next weekend because of the international yeah. break. Um, so. Yeah. We'll do a little bit more reflecting than we will forecasting, I think, um, on this pod, mostly because it's difficult to forecast what's going to happen um, in two weeks' time. Yeah. Uh, although even today, there have been some interesting shakeups with the new Brighton manager and things like that. So mm. um, mm-hmm. uh, we have lots of lots to talk about. Um, one place to start, Evan, uh, we, we have some awards to give out, some awards from the last game week for... Um, or I have some words to give out. I should. Can you say. smell that? Can you, can you smell that? It smells like breadsticks. Oh, <laughs> the, the smell of breadsticks is wafting down the hallway. <laughs> we're recording you. this in Arfazoli's, of course. Yeah, That's exactly. where we record all these podcasts. Yeah, uh, a little, a little <laughs> miniature version of the of the award ceremony to come. But maybe before we do that, Evan, if you have it pulled up, would you just give us a rundown of the league table? If you don't have it in front of you, that's fine. But. Um, just actually we, we do that. yeah actually i think i do if you'll give me just one moment listeners uh, my phone is listeners give, to it, do, listeners give them a moment 
Yeah, give me a moment. We're on, trying listeners. to do a lot of things. Come on. All right. Come on, listeners. All right. So in first place, somehow surviving this game week after um, after being overtaken at a portion during the weekend, um, but still at the top, holding on uh, by Gigo by G, Wyatt Keener. Um, and then in second place, uh, yours truly, Evan Estes, 15 Fieri's have moved up quite a bit. Um, in third place, um, who briefly overtook Wyatt, was the Bruce Matthews, William Spicer. Um, in fourth place, we now have Salt Lake City FC, Evan Hare. Uh, staying strong in fifth place is Fantasy Premier League, Jerry Groth. In sixth place, moving up, uh, Scuderia Sons, which is Tim Griffith, of course. Um, staying at seventh place is our other yours truly, Taylor Hare, with iTest Incorporated. Uh, moving up into eighth place is Father, Son, Holy Cane, Ethan Utterback. Um, moving down to ninth is Eves Babuma, which is my brother, Eli Estes. And then in 10th place, still in 10th place, is Uber Cleats, Robert Griffith. And in 11th place, we have Naptown FC, Reed Zimmerman. So that's what the table looks like. Um, everything is still, um, I mean, it's. I would say it's still pretty up for grabs. The only one that's not in within 100 points is read and i still think that that's not it's only maybe what 120 points so it's not even like that big of a gap yet between first and last so things are still still very very early um as you can tell there's been one two three four five six people that have moved slots so yeah i think there's still quite a bit of moving and shaking going on here but um yeah that's where we're at yeah, and I, I'm feeling better about my team now than I did even last week. I don't know what mm. it is. I feel it feels like the gap has shrunk a little bit between me and first place, which is nice. Yeah, and it always takes a little bit of time. Like I feel like it always takes at least like a week or two or it more. Takes a little time sometimes. Wow, he's in the same mood. The ground. Anyone you know that? <laughs> Amy, Amy Grant. <laughs> Amy Grant, anyone? Love that. Circa 1998. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was just saying, you're feeling good about your team now, and I think it that usually pays dividends in like two or three weeks from now. Then you start to see the rewards from it. Sometimes it just takes a little bit of time. I feel like it always does that. but um, So there's a, there's a little hope for everyone out there. Yep. All right. Um, so I just wanted to give out three brief shout outs slash awards for um basically just very canny moves this game week some things that um no one else in the league did but that really paid off and that you know with the benefit of hindsight are um extremely um yeah just like really smart moves and so the first one the first award i wanted to give out was to uh, uh will spicer the bruise matthews for bringing in um alexander Isaac. Uh, I think he was the only one in the league who has Alexander Isak at this point, um, at least on the game week, uh, as a forward. And I, I had toyed with the idea of bringing him in on my wild card. I ended up going with Mitrovic instead. Um, clearly, that didn't pay off for me this weekend. Clearly, Isak paid off for Spicer this week. And I didn't watch any of that game, but I watched his the game that they played before that, and he looked great. And the goal that he scored in that game week was awesome. I didn't, I haven't watched the highlights of this game, so I don't know what this one was like. But um, yeah, just a very candy move. Seems like a very competent 
player who will score a decent number of goals this season. And he might be one of those players that you, I mean, depending on the Callum Wilson, Callum Wilson situation and what happens when Callum Wilson comes back, uh, he, Isaac may be a player that just like stays in your team throughout the rest of the season. Um, so. Yeah. I, uh, I really like that pick. Yeah. Good savvy, especially the timing of it was great too. Um, Cause you said Spicer brought him in this week, right? Uh, I think so. I can check already have him. Let me check on he, that. He may have already had him. He's, he's, he seems to up the magpies yeah. um, quite a bit. Um, but regardless, I mean, he held on to him if he didn't even bring him in. Yeah. No, he, br- he brought him in this, this game week. Uh, yeah. Uh, le- uh, got rid of Jesus and brought in Isak. Yeah. Now that, wow. Now that's a move right there. Um, I like it. I like it. Jesus is yeah, on. It four, was a good Jesus move. is on four yellow cards. In case you didn't know. Ooh, I didn't know that. And if he gets that another one, is, he's suspended a game. Ooh, that's a good point. Wow, that's a really good point. Um, but yeah, that's a great. Yeah, that's a great, great canny move by Spicer because you know Newcastle were playing Bournemouth, right? So yeah, um, that was like a great time to bring him in, especially with Jesus being on the four yellows, or at least maybe now he's on the four yellows. But regardless, good time, good move. Yeah. Classic Spicer, I feel like. Yeah, that was that was a, an extremely Spicer move. Um, yeah. The second award I wanted to give out was to, um, I mean, this this one writes itself, but it was to Tim Griffith, Scuderia Sons, for being Is the it Scuderia only... or Scuderia? I, I don't Am know. Am I saying it wrong? I have no idea. <laughs> I, like, I like the way Scuderia <laughs> sounds, but that could be totally wrong. Um... <laughs> Again, I think it's a Formula One reference, but uh, okay. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's the only the only person in the league to have the courage of his con- of his convictions and keep Son, um, and not even like not put Son on the bench, keep him in the starting lineup, um, even among you know all of the other quote unquote Spurs fans that we have in the league. None of them. None none of them had Sun in their lineup, so uh, I just I just want to point that out. And obviously, Sun kind of went off with the the hat trick after the 60th minute. Um, And I mean, obviously, just great to see everyone loves Sun, and great to see for Tim Griffith because that really propelled him up quite a few spots. I think this week. Yeah, that's the kind of thing that is a momentum booster, like. You know, you can take that. Now you've risen. Now you can like make some more moves to like solidify your team and and keep rising and stay in that those top spots. Like it's those things that are kind of like unforeseen. They just kind of happen. Um, I mean, you could maybe argue that there was always a chance that he was going to go off this week, but I don't know. There were also some some things pointing against him. One, he hasn't been playing well. Two, he, didn't, he played. He didn't start. He didn't start because he played in the Champions League yeah. a few days before. And so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, bold bold move. I um, I thought I toyed with bringing him in because I was on free hit. But yeah. I did not have the courage to do it um, just based off of how he was playing. I was like, I'm going to stick with some, some other players that I think will actually start and will play and have been doing better. Um, obviously, I wish I had maybe move things around so I could bring him in, but that's hindsight. You can't really do anything about it, but um, yeah, big ups to Tim. Yeah. I feel the same way because I was on a wild card and I was toying between Sun or De Bruyne 
yeah. in that kind of like 12 million ish spot. And yeah. obviously De Bruyne is playing really well. Son was not playing really well. And then, so I, I went to Bruyne. I was watching the Spurs game and when the lineups were announced, um, I was like, Oh great. I made the correct choice. Son is starting on the bench. Um, I would have hated to brought him in on a wild card and then have him start on the bench. And then he goes and does that. It's pretty remarkable. Yeah. Pretty remarkable. Um, okay. My third award goes to um, Ethan uh, Uderbach. Uh, Uderbach. Uh, Ethan, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name. Um, I probably am because I've just pronounced it two ways. So chances are one of them is wrong. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, and this is this is not necessarily for any one particular player, but just for kind of a cadre of candy choices. Two in the midfield, um, uh, with starting Phil Foden and Yuri Tielemans, who both scored this game week. Um, Whoa! Excellent. Yuri, Yuri Tielemans got very lucky because his was a penalty that um, uh, got retaken because Hugo Lloris was mm. off his line. Um, but uh so that happened then i didn't watch i don't remember the phil foden one i i don't i didn't watch that game and i don't remember seeing the highlight of it um and then he also has and this is i mean i would be shocked if this person's ownership in the league is yeah ownership at 3.2 percent tyrone mings coming in with a coming in with a clean sheet and all three bonus points this week for aston villa wow so some really, really uh, incredible kind of differentials there from from Ethan Uderbrack, because I don't think anyone else in our league has um, Foden. I think Evan might have, Evan, my brother Evan, ha- might have Yuri Tielemans, but um, mm. yeah, pretty interesting stuff. I really like the Foden pick long term, too. It, yeah. looks like he's, it looks like he's doing very well in this setup, um, whereas like other people like Jack Grealish and... Um, I don't know who else would be playing up at the front three. I mean, sometimes like Bernardo Silva, who's who's also been doing pretty well, it seems like he's had some flashes. He's done all right. But like Foden d- d- definitely seems to be like a very, I don't know, he seems to be more consistent or something. So I really like that pick. But yeah, the Telemans pick and Tyrone Mings definitely like with all three of those, like no one really has all three of those. So yeah, yeah pretty uh Pretty smooth moves there. Yeah. The Phil Foden pick is interesting too because he's sort of, in my mind, he's sort of like James Ward-Prowse in the sense of you want to just have him and leave him in and not think about it. Because if you get freaked out by the times when he doesn't start, then you'll like miss out on the good, like the like really nice game scene. Yeah, 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 totally. You do, if you are going to go with him, you have to go with him and just hold him, start him for multiple game weeks, like long stretches. Um, but yeah, that's, yeah, I've, I, that he was another one that I almost considered um, about bringing him in, but I just figured with Holland, De Bruyne and Cancelo, I didn't really know how to, how to fit Foden. And I didn't think Foden was over any of those three, but I think you can make the argument that you could, he could be your third, second or third city guy. So yeah. Yeah. Fun stuff. Love, love those differential picks, especially yeah. when they come off. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so our next order of business is to just talk about some of the things that we learned from this past game week, um, either fantasy-wise or just in general. Um, Evan, were there things that stood out to you about this game week that 
you felt like you learned watching the games or reading about the games? Um, let's see, where do we want to start? Um, I mean, let's just start from the top. I mean, I'm looking at the first games were Aston Villa, Southampton, Nottingham Forest, Fulham. Um, honestly, I don't, I feel like I didn't learn much from the Aston Villa, Southampton game. Other than that, these are two mid table teams that are going to be mid table teams. And that's about it. Like, did you get anything from that game or I don't know. I just no. feel like that was just kind of another game. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> you know? And and I know there was some talk about maybe Steven Gerrard's job being a little bit uncertain because yeah. of their, their okay. run of bad games. But And um, from my viewing of the highlights, it didn't look like they had a great game, but they pulled it off, which um, was yeah. the important thing. And then the other yeah. game was wild. The, the, the Fulham yeah. game was wild. Yeah, what did uh, I mean? The big takeaway for me from that game is Forest just can collapse in a heartbeat. I mean, they are still trying to figure it out, aren't they? Yeah, and I don't think it's the manager. I think it's just all the new players. It's like I think so too. Yeah, there's there doesn't seem to be like a culture of like yeah, like people just kind of sticking it out throughout the game. You know, you kind of have to have on a on a like affective interpersonal level you have to have like that kind of relationship between players to like be able to see out a game when you're ahead against a team that really wants to win and it's understandable that that hasn't happened when you have so much turnover and so many new players (laughs) when you've bought 22 players yeah yeah um yeah that i mean that was kind of the big thing and also just the fact like fulham can attack I mean, they yeah. were playing Forest, but, like, they've got some good attackers, especially with – I mean, we knew Mitrovic and, to some degree, Pereira, right? We knew that those two were probably going to be pretty involved, especially Mitrovic. But then now you've got the likes of Willian, um, yeah. who's come in, and he – I think he started and or at least came off the bench and, like, you know, was kind of making making a couple things happen. So, yeah, I think I think they're – I know that Mitrovic didn't score, but when you look at Fulham scoring three against Nottingham Forest, I mean, you if you knew that was the scoreline going into the game, you pick Mitrovic every time, right? Yeah. So like, yeah. that just kind of, that game, I guess, just kind of solidifies, like, Mitrovic is a good pick, even though he didn't score. Um, yeah. At least I'm thinking of it personally because I have him. So, yeah. Um, and, other than and- that, I didn't really get anything from Fulham. Yeah, I was just going to add kind of – you kind of said this already, but just like Fulham is not a one-dimensional team. It's not just Mitrovic, yeah, right. which is oh, – yeah. I think bodes well for them staying up. Yes, good point. Very good point. Because, um, yeah, you can see how um, if you want to go to like the Newcastle-Bournemouth game, it feels like Bournemouth are maybe slightly more one-dimensional and trying to rely on like Solanke or – maybe even billing at times like they just don't really have too too much um which i think is why they've done so poorly but i mean i'm kind of surprised that game just like looking at the scoreline that it ended 1-1 newcastle at home i would have figured they would have they would have beat bournemouth you know somewhat handily i guess at least by a goal or two um and maybe kept a clean sheet so i was kind of disappointed that that didn't happen but um, did you learn anything specifically from that game? Um, I mean, Bournemouth, I don't really know what to say. Like, I can't see them staying up, but 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't watch it. Newcastle. I didn't watch it, um, so I'm not sure. But I, I do just want to give you props for because you pointed out Billing before the season started as someone who has the potential to score goals, and I think he scored a couple already this season, um, at least two, I think. Um, and so, uh, yeah, yeah, props for that. Yeah, I mean, just a reminder, he is playing, at least the way they played last season in the championship. Um, I haven't really watched them much at all, but I, he's supposed to be playing pretty high up with Solanke. So even though he used to be like a DM, now he's playing super high up. So um, just something to think about. Um, I don't know if you want to bring him in, but just something to think about while you're watching them. Um, but yeah. yeah, he is playing pretty high up, but Newcastle, I thought would have, uh, they defensively, they look, they've looked like better and then they yeah. should have kept a clean sheet against Bournemouth. You would have thought. Um, and I had brought Trippier and Pope in cause I thought they were going to keep it clean. Same. Um, are, is there any cause for concern there as far as Newcastle goes? Um, are you concerned with their defense? Like, would you hold on to Trippier? Would you hold on to Pope? Like I, yeah, I'm going to hold on Botman to them. Or, because they've got they've got good fixtures coming up. So they've got Fulham and Brentford next, and then Man United and then Everton. Um, mm. So that's a pretty good run of fixtures. Yeah, that's for, not bad at all for keeping clean sheets. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm not worried about them. Um, and I think in terms of goalkeeping options, if you're not going to go for a really expensive goalkeeper, then I think Nick Pope has still got the best the run next, of fixtures. Next one, yeah, yeah, because Sanchez's yeah. fixtures are bad coming up. Yeah, and also Brighton is kind of uh, TBD right now, I would say. Yeah. Um, as far as attacking, I mean, it seems like Newcastle, it's going to be Isak right now, right? I, mean, I guess so, yeah. I mean, are they I'm kind of just running sure. it through him? I'm not sure either, but with Callum Wilson out, St. Maximin out, yeah, I don't really know. But um, City Wolves ended 3-0. I mean – I mean – uh, city, city, like, city are going to win the league. Like it's not. Yeah, in my mind, it's, it's not even a question. If they if they didn't win the league, it would be an absolute disaster. Like honestly, if they didn't win the league, I would say they would probably think about parting way parting ways with Guardiola. Right? I mean, what? I mean, I they're not. No, no, no. They're. I don't think they're ever going to fire Guardiola. I think Guardiola will really? will walk away at some point soon. If even if they don't win a Champions League. No, I think maybe if they win a Champions League. No, I'm saying they won't. They won't fire him even if he never wins. Like if he, I mean, that would literally be the dumbest decision. I okay, I kind of agree, but like I don't know. I mean, I I I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying, but that is like so (laughs) short-sighted. I have trouble imagining anyone would do that. Yeah, I think he will probably leave after he gets a Champions League. I kind of, I but, kind of think so too. But I don't really know where you'd go. I mean, maybe back to like Barcelona or something. I don't know. Probably not Barcelona. They seem pretty sold on. Yeah. Charlie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. I don't know. Enough about Guardiola. Um, anything else from that game? I mean, not I feel really. like Holland's I feel like we haven't learned anything new. Yeah, it's like the same stuff we've been talking about for City. Yeah. Um, the then the other game. Is Tottenham Leicester? Yeah. yeah, I mean the main takeaway for me is that Leicester's defense is some of the worst defending <laughs> I have ever seen. It's so bad. Uh, they are bad, aren't they? I and mean, it I didn't like, watch the game. 
I watched the whole thing and it was horrifying. Like the first, so they were really fortunate in the, in the beginning of the game, because if they had been playing city or someone like that, it, it would have been in absolute execution because the beginning was like really back and forth. And there were lots of like really sloppy passes in the defense on both sides and like just a lot of sloppy play in general for the first like 30 minutes. And I think if they were playing a more clinical team, then they would have been punished even in the first, like the the earlier parts of the game. Um, but they kind of like stayed in the game for a while because of that. They, and then in the last like 40, 30, 40 minutes, they just like gave up it. They were so bad. Hmm. By the end, Tottenham was just like passing through them with complete ease. Wow. Yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah. Okay. So Lester are bad. Yeah. Um, you think you think uh, Rogers is gone? I I think I think so. It just doesn't. This seem- has got to be the time. This is like a great time to do it. Yeah. I think it with might the happen. National break and everything in the next couple of days. Because yeah, it just I don't see how how they get better. Because something just seems so off. I've got a question. What, and you may, I mean, this is just kind of a talking point. This is not necessarily like, you can't answer this. But uh, why has he continued with the goalie that he has? Oh, the like, Ward, Danny Ward? Like usually, yeah, usually like when, it, it's not like there's a dominant number one there, right? Because Schmeichel left. And so right. you got the two guys, and from a fantasy perspective, they're both 4.0. So that, in my mind, makes me think they're around the same quality. You know, there's, there's not a golf in quality. So usually when things are going this south, usually, like, one of the things they do is, like, redo the defense and, you know, switch out the goalie to, you know, yeah, maybe I do something different. I don't know. I mean, none of – I didn't think – maybe there were a couple of – of the six goals that Tottenham scored that were like, you could maybe put down to bad positioning, but there weren't yeah. any like obvious goalkeeping errors. It, it was, was just like, like, more it was so like the guy, yeah, the guy had like no cover. So it was oh, kind no. of, it was kind of like really difficult in that sense. And what was really shocking is the set piece defending. Because I think the uh, first three Tottenham goals were all scored on corner kicks. And it was by the, by the third look. one. Yeah. By the third one, it was like Tottenham got a corner and it just felt like they were going to score the minute they got the corner. And it was it's just yeah. wild. Um, <laughs> I've been there with Everton, man, I'm telling you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when you've got bad set piece defending, like you're you're in a world of hurt. I mean... Do you think that that scoreline flatters Tottenham at all? Say it again. Do you think that that scoreline flatters Tottenham at all? Yeah, um, yeah, I think so. I don't, I don't know that we learned a ton about Tottenham in this game, just because really? Leicester is so bad. Yeah, that's kind of my feeling. Okay. Because they weren't great in they weren't great in defense. Like there were moments where Leicester really? looked really, really couldn't really get at them. And Leicester, I mean, Leicester's midfield, as I think Ethan mentioned in Discord, is like. Madison, Harvey Barnes, yeah. Yuri Thielen. Should be good. Wilfred and Didi. Yeah, that should be a good... And they play well in like very short spurts and Madison in particular is very good. Mm. But... Um, and yeah. Tottenham let them let them get to them a couple times, but... Uh, huh. 
yeah, I don't I don't think we learned a ton about Tottenham. I think we just learned a lot about Leicester, honestly, from that game. Well, I do want to say maybe I didn't watch the game, but like Harry Kane seems to be doing well. Yeah, that's true. You know, I mean, I mean, just thinking about like the last like two to three seasons as a whole, um, you know, he's gone from just being that target finisher in the box, um, transitioning more to maybe like a playmaker, especially with like Sun coming into the team. Kane comes and gets the ball and like feeds it to Sun. Like you see that so many times, but it seems like he's also getting in the box and scoring now. Um, yeah. He's like kind of getting back into that groove. So um, that's something that I'm keeping an eye on with my forwards from fantasy perspective, but um, just in general, like in real life, I think he's maybe been their most consistent attacker. Yeah. Um, when you think about him, Sun, Richarlison, Kulisevsky, their wingbacks. I mean, Hoiberg has like made more of an impact than Sun up until this. <laughs> Yeah, up until this game week, you know. Yeah, for um, sure. As from from the stats tent standpoint, but um, yeah, that's that's maybe the one thing I'm thinking about is you know Kane is looking, um, you know, pretty consistent and is you know scoring some goals. So you like to see that from him and from an England World Cup standpoint. Yeah, for sure. All right, last two games, we'll knock these out. Um, yeah. Arsenal Brentford. Did you watch? Did you learn anything? I watched a little bit of Arsenal Brentford, but not much. Um, I didn't, I don't feel like I have anything to say. What will, maybe we will say, cause Spicer asked this question in discord. Um, he asked, is this the Brentford annual slide starting? Um, hmm. I don't know about that. I mean, me either. It's, it's Arsenal are a really good team. And so yeah. it's like, can you really expect Brentford to beat Arsenal? Probably not. And yeah. even though obviously they like was that last season when they destroyed them yeah. um, in the first game. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I don't, I'm not worried about Brentford. I don't think they're going down. I don't think they'll finish top half, but I also don't think they're going down. So. Yeah. I don't know that. I mean, I guess it could be the start of them kind of like things shaking out and us realizing kind of maybe where they fit in the table a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a slide down. I think it's just maybe, um, you know, they're, they're still like a mid table team, maybe a top half team. Um, I don't, I don't think so. You don't think so? No. I, I could, I think it's possible, but I think some other things would have to like shake out in their favor. Yeah. Um, I mean, they still got a good attack, I think, and they they've oh, yeah. got a very consistent style of play. Yeah, I would be surprised if they like slid, to be honest, um, too yeah. far down. I think they'll probably, you know, there's like a pretty good range of slots that they could finish in, mm-hmm. um, anywhere from like maybe ninth to, I don't know, like fourteenth, fifteenth. Um, that's kind of where I would expect them to fall. Um, in that range, but I don't know that it's necessarily a slide. Uh, yeah. Like you said, Arsenal good. And I think that I didn't really learn that from this game, but it just kind of hits at home even more that Arsenal are just a good, a good side. They're very, they're going to be very good. They're going to, it seems like they're going to beat the teams that they're supposed to beat, which yeah. is, I think a big turning point this season. 
Yeah, um, that's the thing that they've struggled with for a, a little while. Um, they've kind of had some stinkers, um, but now it looks like they're going to beat the teams that they should beat most of the time. And uh, that's a pretty good sign. Um, and also it's great for us um, in a fantasy perspective because we can kind of rely on them a little bit more um, for attacking points and clean sheets But yeah, in those types of games. Um, Everton West Ham, uh, did you watch uh, the game? I did not, know. Okay, did I did. Yeah, watched the whole thing. Um, Congratulations on the win, by the way. Thanks, first win of the season. That was good, nice. much needed. Um, and I think it was. Oh, I think it was. I think it was coming eventually. Um, I think so. From an Everton, I don't really know what to say from a West Ham perspective, but like from an Everton perspective, um, we have been good. I would say we've been good most of the season, if not all of the season. We've been we've put in performances. Like our average performance this season has been much better than our average performance last season. Um, and I don't think the position, our position in the table reflected it. Um, we had, we've done pretty well defensively. We've only let in six goals in seven games. Hmm. Um, now that's not, you know, that's still, we haven't kept many clean sheets, but we're only letting up maybe a goal a game, um, which is a good thing. And so the area that we're going to struggle to, you know, the area we're going to struggle in is attacking and scoring goals. Um, But I would say overall, you know, Everton are going to be, they're going to be sometimes tricky to beat. um, And we're going to be a lot more sound and consistent this season. Um, Our defense with Cody and Tarkovsky are great. Yeah, that's a great um, that's a great pairing, honestly. It really is. Cody, who is on loan, was our captain. That's wild. I love so that, that. Tells you a lot. I love that too. I really hope that we, I hope that we sign him. Um, who was the captain before? Uh, last season, it was, or, or like up until this this week. Oh, um, I don't know because Seamus hasn't been. Playing. Oh, was it was it Pickford? Um, maybe. That would make Maybe. sense because Pickford was injured. Yeah, it might have been Pickford. Anyway, um, just curious. Yeah, it might have been might have been Pickford. I can't remember now. now I'm thinking about it. Uh, but yeah, our midfield looks great. Our defense looks great. Um, Calvert Lewin's going to come back from injury after the international break, and he's going to be slowly worked back in. So his, I think then his I body think, will once again fall apart. Yeah, I know. God, please no. But as the as the song goes, the blue boys are on the rise. And so that's what I take away from this game. What's your what's your confidence level in Frank Lampard right now? Uh, I think, yeah, I think you're great. Um, I would definitely give him like, I would say an eight or nine out of 10 right now. Um, wow. I, I think he's stuck to a game plan this season. Um, he did well in the off season with Thelwell, Kevin Thelwell, our director of football and the other people bringing in people to bringing in players to fit that style. Um, he stuck to it for the most part. We started out with a back five. Now we've gone to a four, three, three, which is, I think what he really wanted. Um, now that we have the personnel for it, um, he seems to get the players. He connects with them. He seems to get the fans. He connects with them. I, I mean, this is something that 
I, since I've been following Everton, I have not seen. So mm. the fact that it's happening, like it's a huge boost. And so it would, I think for me, it would take a lot for us to get rid of him. Um, mm. And I think that fingers crossed over the next like two or three seasons, um, if we, if we got everything right in the next two or three seasons, we'd be challenging for Europe again, hmm. I think. Wow. Um, but that's if we got everything right. And I don't, I don't think we probably will. Yeah. Um, I think that there will probably be kind of some kind of missteps along the way because uh, that's just a hard thing to do. But I think we will, you will see like a big improvement this season that's, um, yeah. for last season. That's great to hear. And I, I, it's just now striking me that in a way, Frank Lampard is kind of like, the manager at the perfect kind of like reputational level for Everton in the sense that because things ended badly at Chelsea, even if he does well at Everton over the next like season, there's a very little chance that a bigger team is going to come in for him. Right. So I think you guys can, can, can rest assured, at least it seems to me relatively sure that you will have him if you want him for the next two seasons at least which yeah, is a that's... great place to be because otherwise you're like you know if you have a good season this obviously this is what happened with Ancelotti and whatever it's like are they just going to get poached um yeah and I think it helps that he went to Chelsea a bigger club and he didn't last too too long yeah and so I think people will be kind of hesitant to go in for him I, that is something I thought about I was like man if he does too well this season I hope he doesn't go but I kind of think that he wants to stay I mean you like to think that when a, when a manager or a player connects this much with the fans, has had the history that he's had with us already, he's going to want to stay for a little while. And he's, um, already, he's already had what would be, from a normal perspective, the quote-unquote dream job. His right? dream job, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it worked out terribly for him, so it's like, yeah. yeah. He's not going to go back to Chelsea, so what? Not anytime yeah. soon, I don't think, yeah. Um, I think it would be a few years before he even thought about it. But from West Ham, I mean, I don't know. Like they had, they they can still attack. I I don't know. I think if I was thinking about West Ham, like I think they're still figuring out their attack. They have so many attackers, hmm. and they had they had more shots on target than we did, um, and we were at home. You know, uh, it's just that their defense is a little shaky. Um, I don't know. I I feel like they're not that they're not that bad of a an attacking side, um, but for some reason they're just not doing it in the league right now. Hmm. So I don't know. I don't really know what to say about Bowen or Antonio or the new guy Skamaka. I mean, I think keep an eye on them because I think once they start to hit their groove, they'll be pretty good. But um, I don't really know. They're definitely in a slump right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's another manager who's definitely on the hot seat, David Moyes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, th- yeah. I think go it like what for me this game week, it was kind of notable for the things that we didn't learn because yeah. to me, like all of the teams that have big question marks over them are the ones who didn't play. So it's like, you Liverpool. know, Liverpool, uh, Chelsea under Potter, uh, Brighton with the new coach who, in case you haven't heard, it's Roberto De Zerbi who um, coached at re- most recently at uh, Shakhtar, but uh, in, in Ukraine. 
but he left that job because of the Russian invasion and stuff. But before that, he's most famous for coaching Sassuolo in Syria. And they played uh, extremely exciting, very uh, attacking soccer in like the 20, like, uh, like 2020 to 2021, I think. And it kind of went under the radar a little bit because it was at the same time that Atalanta was playing really, really well in Syria. And that's kind of what everyone was talking about. But um, this guy's like the real deal. And so it's going to be very exciting mm. to have him. And I know, um, uh, I don't know if anyone reads like The Guardian or anything, but Nikki Bandini, their Syria person, who's like my favorite person to read on Syria. She loves the Derby. She thinks he's great. Oh, so, wow. Uh, That's exciting then, because I was worried that Brighton were going to fall off, but it sounds like they picked a, a good manager and also maybe a good manager for what they were what they were doing under Potter, maybe. Yeah, I mean... I I, it's going to be different, but... Whether or not it works out, I don't know, but it seems at least like very well considered, which is all you can really hope, yeah. expect of a team. But yeah, so like them, Chelsea, Man United, like what are they going to be like? Yeah. Yeah, so that's going to be interesting. Mm. And this is maybe yeah. a segue into the two other questions we had on Discord. Yes. Um, yeah, and I'll, yeah. just, I'll ask them to you, Evan. Um, okay. So the, the first one, this is kind of from a fantasy perspective. Uh, and it's uh, what to do with Liverpool. This might be stubborn of me, but I am holding my Liverpool assets. And I have three. I have Allison. I have... Uh, Alexander Arnold and I have Salah. The only person I might consider getting rid of is Allison, maybe for Pope. But I don't know. Like, am I being stubborn for wanting to hold on to them? Like, I just think that they're going to come good. I just do. I mean, yeah, it's it's entirely likely to me that they come out of this international break having had three weeks off to sort things out. Um, and just like are firing on all cylinders. Like that's entirely possible. Mm. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know that that's going to happen. And I wild carded in the expectation that that might not happen, but I also yeah. am, but I also am prepared to go back. Like I got rid of Salah for instance. So I'm prepared to go back to Salah. Um, if that ends up happening. Yeah. Huh. That is interesting. Cause I'm thinking about, wild carding this week if i do wild card i should maybe do it during this time where i have more time to think about it um that's so very liverpool, interesting to me why so like what would be the advantage of wild carding now because there seem it seems like all of the things that you would want all the questions you would want answered yeah yeah aren't no, really answered true. yeah that's true uh, i mean that's a good point i just i guess i was just thinking about it from like the perspective of i've got a longer time to think about it um, which is traditionally like I've enjoyed doing that, like wild carding in an international break. But I think maybe you're right. Maybe I do need to learn a little bit more about Liverpool, um, specifically since I have three of them in my team right now. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think, I guess my stance on Liverpool would be if you have them, hold them. If you don't, don't bring them in. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't, I know it's team specific. I know it's player specific, but I guess that's probably maybe a general rule of thumb. Um, I don't think you would be stupid for holding on to your players. And I don't think you'd be stupid for selling them. And I don't think you'd be stupid for not bringing them in. Um, 
so yeah i don't know it's kind of it's kind of up in the air. That's not yeah. a good answer, but uh, do you, I mean, do you feel the same way? Do you feel strongly one way or the other? I mean, I got rid of all my Liverpool assets. So you're, you're, you're on, but that was you, on a wild card. So it's like, yeah, I had, true. I had Diaz and Salah. And, and they weren't playing this, this past game week. So it made so it, more sense. Too. It made sense for me to bring in city assets and to kind of restructure things a little bit so that I could have three forwards. Cause I wanted to bring in Kane. Um, and so yeah. that made sense. But I also know that looking ahead to game week 12 is that's going to be a blank game week for both city and Arsenal. Um, and so that's a time that I'm thinking maybe if Liverpool does kind of start up really well, maybe that's when I target bringing back, bringing mm. Salah back in um, and getting rid of De Bruyne or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, it's, a, it's a tough one. Yeah. Uh, um, and what's the other question? The other question is uh, thoughts on Chelsea now in the Potter era. Biggest winners, losers from an FPL standpoint. Yeah. I mean, we talked about that being a question mark and I think it's still relative. It is still like a very big question mark. Um, I don't know. I have Reese James. I think I'm going to hold on to him. I think that they're going to look better. I think yeah. he will look better. Um, yeah, Brighton, Brighton sure. has been a defensively solid team for a long time. Yeah. Though. And also, I mean, he does like the, I don't know. He does kind of like, like attacking wing back wing backs in some regard. Um, I mean, if you think about Cucurella, Cucurella, however you pronounce it, um, who was with him and now he's reunited with him. Um, I think Maybe Sterling. I don't know that he's a winner, but um, I think he's going to be a better option now, an even better option. Yeah. Um, those are the only two I can really think of right now that I would be like itching to get in. Yeah, Sterling is going to Sterling is going to be so interesting because, you know, when they brought him in at the beginning of the season, he was like, he kind of became like the point man. And right. now, now that they brought in Obama Yang, Sterling kind of moves back to where he was playing for city, which I think is probably a more natural role for him, which is right. Like playing off of the wing and kind of challenging people, taking on people from the kind of corner of the box. Um, I think that makes more sense. I think a big loser, and this is not because of Potter, but this is because of just other things. I think Christian Pulisic is a, is a huge loser out of this because I think, mm. I think that, Sterling becomes now with Obama Yang, Sterling becomes the player that Christian Pulisic was, you know, cutting I can in see from that. the wing, cutting in from the wing. Um, you don't think it could be Obama Yang and then Pulisic and Sterling in the front three and then have Mason Mount like in the midfield, like maybe, the most attacking but, midfielder? Yeah, but uh, that's just not playing Mason Mount at his best place. <laughs> so I hate that because I love Mason Mount. Yeah, also, yeah, it's like yeah. it's like Kai Havertz. It's like Kai Havertz is very good. I don't know. Do it's you... a, it's cla- I don't know. They're in like a weird spot where they've got too many cooks in the kitchen, huh? Yeah. So it's like you so can't someone's fit gonna them all lose in. out. Yeah, and then the other loser uh, probably to me. the other losers probably um, Ben Chilwell. Just on the oh, face of it, yeah. if Cucurella has a Cucurella has a relationship, previous relationship with Potter. Who and he trusts him, then it's like, yeah, maybe, maybe Chilwell doesn't get a look in. 
Yeah. So it'll be interesting. I'm very excited to see how that happens. I mean, we've yeah. only had one game of Chelsea Potter, and it was in um, the Champions League, Europa League. It was the uh, Champions League, yeah. Champions League. So, like, I feel like you can learn a little bit from that, but you also have to take it with a grain of salt, too. Yeah, he was like, it was, he was a different part. competition, he, first game. Like, he was trying some weird stuff, too. Like, I think he put Sterling in as a wing back at one point. Um, right. Yeah. I heard that, too. Yeah. So, so it's kind of interesting. Kind of odd stuff. Yeah. But, hmm. Well, I think that's the last question. Um, were there other things that you wanted to mention? I don't think so. I mean, I think we covered it. There's not really that much to learn. I think we covered what we could. And I think there's still, a, I think we're in like a pretty big transitional place with a lot of teams. And so um, I would, my only thing to say would be um, keep an eye on things. Um on those like question marks and then be ready to make moves ASAP. Um, don't be, don't be too slow to make those moves. Like when you, when you notice things are going in a certain direction, stick to your gut and do it. That's kind of what I'm telling myself this season. Yeah. And also when it comes to time at the end of the international break to like make transfers or whatever, make sure you, you read up on any injuries that might've happened over the international break. Yeah. 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 Cause that is a, that's a possibility. Totally. Totally, dude. Totally, dude. All right. I think that's it. Um, Evan, thanks for potting tonight on your birthday. Ah, You're very welcome. Wouldn't want to be doing anything else. (laughs) I don't know about that, but it's it's good to have you. Um, Listeners, we'll we'll catch you at some point soon. Um, Yeah. Have a good good evening. Bye. Bye.